We have an opening day for Aeronautica landing at Carowinds. Icebreaker at SeaWorld Orlando is getting its comfort collars removed and something may be happening to Six Flags New Orleans. Stay tuned and find out all the good stuff on this week's episode of The Thrill Life. What's up, guys? It is Coasters and Things here today, back again with another episode of The Thrill Live. I'm joined once again by Beyond the Thrills. What's going on, Jason? How you doing today, man? Doing good. Episode 17. Yeah, pretty crazy. Again, thanks everybody for the support thus far. We've had a good time doing this podcast and plan to continue doing it throughout the 2023 theme park season as long as we have enough to talk about because yeah. i'm not i'm not gonna lie there's been a couple weeks where we've struggled and this week is one of them where we really didn't know what we should talk about because there wasn't anything major announced like when we started the podcast back in what was it october yeah or september actually September. yeah that was like when that was like heading towards the off season that's when most parks tend to announce their new attractions for the following season so we had a lot to talk about then. Now we're kind of at that point where we have to pick and choose what we want to talk about. Yeah, which there's not much this week except for one major, major topic. Yeah, and I think we should start there because I think I know which one you're talking about. Mm-hmm. This was the one I was referring to, yeah. All right, yeah, you wanted to talk about this, Jason, because I know this intrigues you. So yeah, start us off. So... It looks like Six Flags New Orleans might actually be finally having something happen to it. So I'll get into context first. So the park originally opened in 2000 as Jazzland, and then it was acquired by Six Flags in 2002. Of course, in August 2005, Hurricane Katrina ripped through New Orleans and flooded the park beyond belief. Yeah, here in 2023... 18 years after the park closed, it looks like we may finally have something happen to it because the city of New Orleans announced the approval of an agreement to redevelop the former Six Flags New Orleans land. There have been so many proposals over the years to reopen or redevelop Six Flags New Orleans, and this is the first one to fully get announced that it was approved. Supposedly, it'll include a sports complex, a water park, and a hotel. And they are also hoping to purchase an additional 172 acres for an amusement park and retail. Yeah, this is great because New Orleans is a big tourist attraction. It is. And, You're right. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad that it's not just another amusement park. Like, this is cool. Like, you got shopping you have a water park sports complex like it's a little bit of it's a little something different for everybody yeah because i've actually been to new orleans twice in 2014 and 2017 i never saw that park in person i did actually visit carousel gardens though which is a real small amusement park in new orleans it has one roller coaster so is that the only coaster in all of new orleans now that's operating well it's, yeah I guess. <laughs> it's, it's it's not the only coasters in uh in a uh, louisiana though because blue bayou and dixie landon in baton rouge louisiana 
Yeah, that's true. Which honestly, I think a new theme park, I think that'd be good because it would probably give uh, Dixie Landon a reason to invest more. Because if I'm completely honest, Dixie Landon is starting to die out. That park has started removing stuff and not replacing it with new stuff. So overall, were you surprised to see this news? I was. Yes, extremely shocked. I didn't see this coming. I feel like this has probably been in the talks with like the township for a while it just came out oh it's been they've been trying to get something happening with that land for years well i know that i know that but i'm saying this actual finalized plan of the shopping district and the sport complex probably i know the first time they tried to revive that place was in 2009 14 years ago yeah and that obviously fell through (laughs) as well all of those attempts before this one failed. And there's no guarantee that this one will succeed. However, this one has gone farther than any of those other ones did. But um, to that, uh, I say, please, please happen. Please. Yeah, it's been long enough. It's about damn time. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I feel so bad for Louisiana coaster enthusiasts that just have to just have stared at Six Flags New Orleans and never got to visit it. Yeah. there. I remember they filmed commercials there for a while. Yeah, they filmed... When the one, park wasn't even open. <laughs> yeah, they filmed Percy Jackson and the Olympians, the Lightning Thief there. The uh, abandoned amusement park, that's the park they used for yeah, that movie. I've never been a Percy Jackson guy. never seen those movies, but um, I remember reading that somewhere. Um. But yeah, oh my gosh, if they could save Megazeph, though, that'd be ideal. But I don't see it happening. I doubt it, yeah. All right, so we're going to move on to our next topic then? Yeah. All right. Again, I'm honestly surprised that in March of 2023, we're talking about Six Flags New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, really hoping that f- comes through. Same here, man. All right, so next we're going to talk about Icebreaker at SeaWorld Orlando. It has removed the comfort collar restraints. So just how good of a change is this for the ride, Jason? So you've ridden Icebreaker. I have not. So you can kind of carry this topic since, you know, you've actually been on it. Let me tell you, this changes everything for the better. Uh, Because Icebreaker, great ride, terrible restraints. When I rode it last year with the comfort collars. Yeah, I've experienced comfort collars before, not on Icebreaker, obviously. Tempesto? Yeah, they're fine. They're not great restraints, but they're not the worst either. But I feel like for that ride, it never made sense to have the comfort collars in the first place. Doesn't go upside down. And, well, first off, one train is already back in operation with just the lap bars. The other is getting the restraints changed out right now. So it's currently running one train. Gotcha. Yeah. And with that change came a lower height requirement. It's now at 48 inches, which is what it was supposed to be originally. Yeah. And uh, I guess this is a little off topic. Well, not really. You've ridden Phobia Fear, which doesn't have the comfort collars. And is that like significantly a better ride without them? Yes. Considering I've also ridden Tigris, which is the exact same ride, but with the comfort collars. Tigris is a lot worse than Phobia Fear Coaster. All right, so anything else you wanted to add on Icebreaker? Uh, I'm just happy now that it has a 48-inch height requirement because that was what it was supposed to be, and then it got changed to 54-inch height requirement one day after it opened last year. 
Yeah, that was like I remember reading that or seeing it in someone's video, like literally was, one day. That was just bizarre, in my it, opinion. Yeah, it was so odd. But um, now it actually now actually kids can ride it, which was the, uh, the initial target. goal. An initial goal, yeah. And I and I'll say kids will be surprised by how intense that ride is. <laughs> yeah, it was built for SeaWorld Orlando as I guess like a intermediate intermediate coaster like mako and manta and kraken are at the very top then their i guess mindset was icebreaker to be dead in the middle and then journey to atlantis and then uh super, super grover. grover yeah which um i'll say i like icebreaker more than kraken <laughs> and I've, which... I've heard that i've heard that just because kraken's really rattly now right it is really rough yeah but um and honestly now with the lap bars i could like icebreaker more than manta probably yeah it, it looks like it packs a punch i've always been very intrigued when it comes to vertical rollbacks so i'm excited to ride uh pantheon this summer um yeah and then i'd want to experience icebreaker as well too just to see what that's like even though you know it's not a, it's not like a holding break you kind of just slowly roll back and mm -hmm. then go down the launch track i think it's cool yeah sea world orlando in general is such a great park like uh it gets overshadowed a lot by disney and universal all right so lagoon has revealed the official logo for their long-awaited and when i say long-awaited i mean long-awaited indoor roller coaster primordial it's also confirmed that it will open this year yeah finally the logo it looks like it has the eyes of like a bird of prey, like a falcon or a raptor or an eagle, you know? It reminds me of Talon's logo a little bit. Kind of, yeah. I, I think. So this is going to be a short topic. Yeah, so you like the logo? I like the logo, yeah. I just, yeah, I, think I, just I think it's cool for a small park. I hope the ride's good. It'll probably be the number four or five coaster at Lagoon out of 11. They have that many coasters? Oh my gosh. I yeah, thought they, they had like seven or eight. Eleven? They have eleven coasters. Wait, back up a second. So Cannibal, Colossus the Fire Dragon. Wicked. Uh, Wicked, right? Which is the the, the uh Zyre, Zyre Zyre Tower, right? Yeah. Cannibal, Colossus the Fire Dragon, Wicked. Roller Coaster, the wooden coaster. Yeah, that one I knew. Spider, Bombora, the Bat. Puff the Little Fire Dragon, <laughs> Jetstar 2, Wild Mouse, and Primordial. Wow. Wow. They have a solid lineup, actually. Yeah. Yeah. 11. Co that actually is one of the largest collections of coasters on the West Western U.S. Yeah. No, that, it definitely is. I still don't think that Primordial has any chance to be the best coaster there i think it could provide the best experience for all ages though potentially yeah if not then probably bombora for us coaster enthusiasts it'll be really hard to top cannibal i've said this so many times on this podcast that cannibal is one of my most anticipated coasters i think it looks awesome yeah you rave about cannibal a lot <laughs> maybe a little too much <laughs> but uh oh yeah I would like to go to Lagoon one day. I'm very curious to see, because we really haven't seen any pictures of what Primordial is going to be like other than the construction photos from outside. Yeah. The next closest park to Lagoon? 
I don't even know. Gosh, it might be Castles and Coasters in Arizona. That's not close. Yeah, they've got to be at least like, what, three and a half, four hours from each other, if that. Yeah, I know Silverwood is six hours away from Lagoon, six or seven. Hmm. Further details have been revealed for Universal Texas. This includes a site plan and roadway map. Yeah, we don't have much on this topic yet, but we know that the park, assuming the park happens, assume let's assume the park happens, we know one ride that'll be with it, and that's a boat ride. Right, yeah, you could see that on the uh, concept art. The operating hours... They're saying it could be 10 to 6, but will vary throughout the year. The closing time will never be later than 10 p.m., though, they said. Yeah, so no no fireworks, probably. Uh, I don't know. It's universal, so I wouldn't count against it. Probably no, no, um, what's it called? Probably no Halloween Horror Nights, though. Why 10 p.m., you think? Is it located near neighborhoods? I mean, the rumor is that it's going to be a ki- uh, kids park, a family park. Okay. So yeah, that, this that will be, be the this will be the third Universal Resort, if you even want to call it a resort, in the United States. Obviously, there's other Universal parks outside of the U.S. Beijing, Singapore, Japan. My guess for their for when they open my guess will probably be two roller coasters either two family coasters or a family coaster and a kid coaster for a family coaster what do you have in mind are we talking something like hagrid's or some way smaller than that oh probably not quite to the extent of hagrid's i'd go more along the lines of hmm, i'd go more along the lines probably of like fire chaser express okay for that for that park yeah fire chaser express and that's well most coasters are cheaper than haggard's but i'm saying uh i mean yeah uh, but uh be more affordable and for a kid kids coaster i really hope it's not one of those stupid zamperla kitty coasters um i doubt it for a universal park i would at least assume a zyre or a vacoma yeah because i know universal orlando has two vacoma kitty coasters um Universal Hollywood has a mock rides kitty coaster, actually. I'd like to see a ride like Runaway Tram at Maury's Piers for this park. I think that'd, that'd be, be cool. That, that'd be good. One of those Zyre Force coasters, yeah. They're solid, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and they're smooth, really smooth. They are smooth, yeah. All right, so like we said at the beginning of the episode, we're kind of flying through a lot of these topics because the main one of this episode was really Six Flags New Orleans. Yeah. All right, so Carowinds has announced the opening date for all five attractions in their new section, Aeronautical Landing. Yeah, which I just went to Carowinds a week and a half ago. (laughs) Did you see the construction for this? Yeah, you can see it from Afterburn. Is that where it's located in the park, like back by Afterburn? Yeah, yep. Cool. That area used to be called Crossroads. Now it's called Aeronautical Landing. So... Of the five new flat rides, are these all brand new or re-themes? Four of them are new. One is a re-theme. The bumper cars is a re-theme? Yeah, yep. The right. four new rides, and by the way, they're all Zamperla rides. They're all Zamperlas. They got the Zamperla package. I wonder if uh, Luna Park had anything to do with this. 
Yeah, or Owa. <laughs> that too, yeah. Or um, uh, the Island Pigeon Forge. They got that Zamperla 5 ride package deal last year, remember? Yeah, I think that could start to become a recurring theme. I think parks could start doing this. Mm-hmm. But I mean, of Carowinds, but Carowinds of all parks, like this is the biggest park of all these places to purchase this package. Yeah, it's a little strange, if I'm completely honest. But um, we got Air Racers, a Zamperla Air Race, Gear Spin, a Zamperla Nebula, Air Walker, a Zamperla Disco, Gyro Force, a Zampera Trabant or Trabant, Trabant, yeah, and Hover and Dodge, which is just the retheme and rename of their bumper cars. I think Gear Spin is a cool name. Uh, Gyro Spin, isn't that Gy- what it's called? Gyro Force. Gyro Force. Thank you. I like that name actually. Yeah, that's a cool name. That'd honestly be a cool name for a coaster. Yeah, Gear Spin and Gyro Force are good names. Airwalker and Air Racer, though, aren't, if you ask yeah, me. Yeah, they're pretty generic. They sound like something that could be in, like, Planet Snoopy, if I'm completely honest. Yeah, which, uh, the Disco, that's the same exact Disco as the one at Dollywood, Dizzy Disc. Right, right. Do you like those rides? I've been on the one at uh, Casino Pier. It's fine. I don't like those rides. They're rather mediocre, if, you, if I'm completely honest. Yeah, but, you know, it's a part of the package, so... Uh-huh. It's another ride that guests will go on, and it's a, mm. I guess it's a good family ride, if you really think about it. It's like a modern-day, like, tugboat, or, like, I'm thinking, like, peek-a-bug <laughs> at Sesame Place. You kind of know what I'm going with here? Yeah. It's that same kind of ride. And also included with this new land is a new restaurant and a game zone. Yeah, another thing I wanted to say, uh, it's kind of cool that Carowinds is starting to, I don't want to say become a theme park necessarily, because I think of every Cedar Fair Park, the only one you can really consider a theme park is Knott's. Yeah, and in some respects, Kings Island, but, you know. A little bit Cedar Point because of Frontier Town and everything back there but no nah, i don't even want to say that because the entire front of the park has no theming whatsoever the <laughs> there's only theming in the back but uh carowinds is starting to become a little bit of a theme park because look yeah. at copperhead strike yeah that's true and if i'm completely honest that area of carowinds really needed an upgrade uh it was Crossroads. rather it was rather outdated if i'm completely honest yeah Gotcha. Uh, they removed southern star which was the best decision ever nobody likes those inverting uh ship rides yeah king's dominion still has theirs berserker yeah or is that what it's called yeah i think so yeah i didn't go on it i just remember seeing it when i was walking in and i was like i'm good <laughs> yeah i wrote um i wrote uh southern star at carowinds i didn't like it yeah it's not those kind of rides aren't for everybody so overall you've been to carowinds a bunch of times you think this is four times now <laughs> four times do you think these flat rides and this area is good for Carowinds. Yes, maybe the net they could have probably gone with something in, uh, in place of the Nebula, but um, all the others are good. Okay, cool. All right, and now it's time. I was about to say our last topic, but yeah. that was our last topic. Yeah, which you know me, I love to trash Sam Perla Nebulas because I think they're really underwhelming. 
I liked mixed at Hershey. Come on. It was cool. I mean, I don't like that. You I've, I've said this before when we've talked about mixed at Hershey park, I don't love how the rides are designed when it comes to loading and loading, loading, loading and unloading. Yeah. But the actual ride cycle is cool, especially when you get to like watch storm runner and Jolly Rancher remix. Yeah, which I never operated, but I heard from people that did operate that it broke down all the time. I believe that. I definitely <laughs> believe that. The one at Luna Park, Clockworks, that was the first one, right? I think so, yeah. Luna Park, that really is kind of Zamperla's testing ground. <laughs> it is, yeah. They're, and uh, IAPA, these last couple of years, they've had uh, they've had Nebulas on display Yeah, in the showroom. Mm-hmm, yep. All right, now it's time, back to what I was saying. Now it's time for the special segment. So Jason has no idea what I'm about to ask him. So let's jump right into it. Oh, ooh. I'm going to have to look at my uh, list of uh, coasters ranked. I already know mine, so hang on. Later. My number five, I have Steel Curtain at Kennywood. All right. Um, uh, I really thought steel curtain was awesome did i wait way too long for it yes but <laughs> but it is really smooth it actually is really really intense and what i thought actually i thought i was getting last train of the day and then when the last i was supposed to get last train of the day and then when they when we came back into the station they're like maybe hey, y'all want to go again we're like heck yeah so we got another cycle around which ended up actually being the last train of the day there you go is it your favorite sns coaster yeah favorite sns coaster and it's not really close either over max force um yeah it actually is really? close it actually is close but i do have it three spots over max force in my rankings okay that might be a little bit of an unpopular opinion, but that's cool. Yeah, I think I personally would like Max Force more than Steel Curtain because I love launch coasters, but that's just me. Whenever you go to Canewood, I really hope it's open for you because I burned I burned a long time in line for it. And actually, I burned a long time waiting outside for it to open. Eventually, I left and just decided to go ride Racer and then Phantom's Revenge. And then it opened like two hours after the park opened. Yeah, hopefully that's not the case whenever I get to go to Kennywood. Yeah. But um, I got very lucky, if I'm completely honest, with it being open, with it opening at all. I'll tell you a coaster at Kennywood that I really want to go on is Thunderbolt. That's a good ride. That's a good ride. Thunderbolt's pretty good. Yeah, it, it, has, it has one crazy airtime moment. Okay, cool. All right, I'll do my number five now. So... Like I said, I have not been to Kennywood yet, so my number five is actually going to be Steel Force, and this was the coaster that really sparked my interest and started all this for me. I probably wouldn't be here right now if I didn't ride Steel Force. Outside of Kingdom Coaster, which was like, I guess my real first roller coaster, my first like big coaster was Steel Force, and that was the one that really got started this whole passion for me and made me want to go out to more parks and experience more rides to this day. Does it rank as high as it used to talking like my top 25? No, 
because I've been on more coasters and I've been to more parks, but I still enjoy it. And it's very smooth for its age, for its age. It's fast. It's a, you know, it's a good night ride. I've been on it multiple times at night. You know, you go on the ride and the park's all lit up. The airtime is a little bit hit or miss. There has been times when I've been at Dorney this past summer, my most recent visit to Dorney when I was hanging out with Nathaniel, actually, those are probably some of the best rides I ever got on Steel Force. We were flying out of our seats. Mm-hmm. But I remember being there the previous year, and it was not that great. I'm going to be completely honest. One word, forceless, in my opinion. That I do disagree with because when it is warmed up, it can be quite an adrenaline rush. Uh, I call it Steel Forceless because of the five hypercoasters in Pennsylvania, which that's crazy to think about that pennsylvania has five hyper coasters yeah but but of the five hyper coasters in pennsylvania steel force is definitely the weakest the two at hershey and the two at kennywood are all infinitely superior hyper coasters i don't know about steel curtain but phantoms i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. i'd prefer to steel force but again i enjoy steel force to this day there's been times where the airtime has been stronger than others but my number five is steel force okay um number four for me number four i got phoenix at Knobles. okay this ride is so great probably the best airtime maybe outside of el toro and lightning rod that you'll get on a coaster i'd probably agree with that that ride does not feel safe no, it doesn't. And it's really smooth. Those return hills, actually, not only does your butt fly up off the seat, your feet fly up off the off the floor, too. Your whole body is in the air. I remember going on Phoenix for the first time with my dad, and he was, like, holding me down on those last airtime hills. Like, scared I was going to fly out, because I was, like bouncing up and down out of my seat it's the return trip i don't think there's a stronger return trip out there now airy force one may take the cake have you seen the pov of it that coaster force released it looks so powerful yeah i know a lot of people were like they literally just clicked autocomplete on planet coaster and just added bunny hills at the end Nah, i think they did that for a reason because they know how strong airtime is on rmc coasters (laughs) Yeah, it's a quad down. Now, is it going to be better than Lightning Rod's quad down? No, I don't think so. But it'll still be powerful. Yeah. Um, But Phoenix, man. How that ride passes inspection every year, because, you know, obviously they have to inspect all the coasters in Pennsylvania every year. I don't know how it passes. I don't know how it's been open this long. Uh, Golden Ticket Award winner for Best Wooden Coaster. I think that's a little bit of a stretch. But uh, I'd probably say it's top five or six wooden coasters in America. Are we so we're not counting lightning rod anymore because that's not wood. Right. Not counting lightning rod. I'd put I'd clearly put El Toro and Voyage over it. Um, I probably put Outlaw Run over it, too. Yeah, I have Outlaw Run over it. I have Boulder Dash over it and I actually have Mystic Timbers over it. Oh, okay. I honestly feel like I'd prefer Thunderhead to uh, Phoenix. Eh, it's close. Close? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, my number four is not Phoenix. It's actually Talon 
at Dorney. So I got the two Dorney coasters. Oh, okay. Uh, back to back here. Talon is significantly better than Steel Force, in my opinion, though. Like, I don't even think it's close. Like, Talon is one of, if not the most underrated BM invert out there. Not this crazy layout at all, but it really packs a punch and it's very photogenic, I guess is the word I want to use. The color it, scheme is awesome. It does. Sorry, Great Bear. Talon's better. Yeah. Great Bear is very is a very good ride. Not yeah. on my list, and I assume it's not on your list either. No. Yeah. Great Bear is a good ride. Yeah. Which um Talon, I like Talon's layout better. It doesn't have the roar that Great Bear has, but I like the layout better than Great Bear. Yeah, and oftentimes I've actually grayed out on the first vertical loop. I don't know if you have, but I have. But um, I grayed out in the like the, the bank turn that gets super close to the ground, you know? Yeah, that's honestly probably the best part of the ride because that corkscrew really whips you too. It does. It does. Yeah. So Talon is a great ride. Um. Once that dive coaster opens, I think, you know, assuming that it is a dive coaster, we don't know. Um, don't take what I'm saying seriously. <laughs> but I think Talon, it'll be tough for it to beat Talon. It's not going to beat Talon. A dive coaster is never better than an invert. And again, everyone has their own personal opinions, but I think the general consensus will be still Talon, Steel Force, then probably the dive coaster yeah i'd probably agree with that so my number three all three of these are very close all three of these are very close but for my number three i have candymonium at hershey park so okay uh which by the way i'm gonna go back to phoenix real quick phoenix is the only one of the five coasters that's not a hyper coaster <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's true. But <laughs> but but number three, Candymonium. That's a really good ride. I got to operate that a lot last summer, and I'll say operating a B and M Hyper is so fun. It is so fun operating a B and M Hyper. Not only are they it doesn't really, seem stressful either. No, not only are they really easy to operate, but they're fast paced. Yeah, I honestly think the best airtime moment on the ride is probably that speed hill before the helix. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And, Either um, that or the giant camelback after the hammerhead. It's very smooth, though, and with great airtime. Yeah, I, I actually like the layout. I think it's very cool, and it's different from Skyrush, which is good. You don't want two rides that are, you know, basically the same. Skyrush is more about the fast-paced transitions, and um, Candymonium is more about the airtime. Yeah, which I go back and forth between Candymonium and Mako for best B&M Hyper. Right now, they're literally back-to-back -back in my rankings. I have Mako at my number 16 and Candymonium at my number 17. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. All right, so what are we on? Three? My number three is Phoenix at Knobles. I kind of already gave my thoughts on yeah. Phoenix when you talked about it, so I'm just going to leave it at that, and we'll just move on to number two. Okay. For number two... Uh, these, these two are both so good. I about, think I know your answer, nah, but about, I'm not going to say it. About half of the people say one is the best in Pennsylvania. About half say the other is the best in Pennsylvania. But for me, 
And number two, I have Sky Rush. Sky Rush is mm-hmm. so intense. It is so freaking intense. And if you do hands up, well, your thighs are going to be dead by the end of the ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Before I, you worked at Hershey, did you understand what I had told you for the longest time about the restraints? Yes. Yep. You have, you just have to on that first drop, you have to hold the lap bar up or else yeah. you're screwed for the whole ride. I made the mistake of doing hands up one time and I was like, yeah, I'm never doing that again. That stapled me really hard. Yeah, just like it has the handlebars, just hold it up so it doesn't lock because the, I think the bottom of the first drop is where it hits the most G forces. And I'll say the drop on Skarish is insane. Because it's like you're going down there and just all of a sudden yanks you down even farther. Yeah. It's so intense. It's probably in the top five for most intense roller coasters I've been on. Obviously, Intimidator 305's up there. Maverick. Um, King to Ka. I'd probably even argue Steel Vengeance, even though it is an RMC. That ride is intense in a different way. Hey, RMCs are intense. Stop it. <laughs> in a different way than Intamin coasters, though. But um, yeah, it's probably top five or six for most intense coasts I've ridden. It is a little ratly, but if you can get past that, uh, it's insanely intense. And even when you're stapled, you can still feel how strong the airtime is. I only rode it once this past summer, the same day that we hung out in July. Mm-hmm. It was in the front row, and I have no regrets. I waited probably about 20, 25 minutes for the front when I could have waited five minutes just to do anywhere else. Worth it. <laughs> I'll tell you, my first ride on Skyrush was with Great Bear Productions. Shout out to you, by the way, for watching this video. My first ride on that was with him. He made me go back row for my first ride. Uh, I was actually scared as we started dispatching and going up the hotel. I was like, oh, no. Oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, actually so scared as we were going up the lift hill. That lift hill is so freaking fast. Especially in the back because it's already halfway up the lift because it's a long train mm-hmm. all right uh my I number think... two all right you got one more thing you want to add yeah i was gonna say if it wasn't for skyrush's lap bars i think it would probably be the best coaster in pennsylvania yeah that's the and i'm gonna talk a little bit about this no surprise here skyrush is on my list as well but not quite yet number two is candymonium I've gone back and forth between these two. Jason knows this. I thought Candymonium was going to be your number one, actually. <laughs> They're close. They are very close. But that front row ride that I had this past summer on Skyrush reminded me just how insane Skyrush really is. Mm-hmm. Are the restraints good? No, they're bad. I don't think they're as bad as the Ubricks on Superman the Ride, but they are bad. Yeah. I think uh, Impulse's restraints at Knobles are worse than Skyrush's. It's been a minute. Yeah, but it's been a minute since I've been on Impulse. That's the only thing. Um, But as for Candymonium, it is probably the smoothest roller coaster I've ever been on. Yeah. Smoother than Steel Vengeance and Twisted Timbers? It's close. It is close. Smoothest B&M I've been on, I'll give you that. Yeah. And it should be. It's, what, three years old? Yeah. Yeah. But before we move on to our number ones, uh, how about we each give an honorable mention to the to the number six coaster that just barely missed the cut? All right, cool. You go first. So I wanted to give a quick honorable mention to my number six coaster in Pennsylvania, which is Fahrenheit at Hershey Park. I literally have it 
one spot lower than Steel Vengeance in my ranking. I'm sorry, Steel Steel Curtain. Sorry, I have it one spot lower than Steel Curtain in my rankings. That's what I meant to say. But Fahrenheit, it has a great drop, really good inversions, and it has one really powerful ejector airtime moment at the end. I was hoping you weren't going to say Fahrenheit because that's actually mine too that just missed the cut. Um, There was a point in time, and people that have followed my content and have been friends with me since the very beginning of Beyond the Thrills, since young Nick... Squeaky voice, Nick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fahrenheit was my number one at one point in time. Yeah. <laughs> it was my favorite roller coaster at one point in time. I'm talking like 2016, 2017, maybe yeah. even early 2018. And then it was El Toro for a while. Then I-305. Now it's Maverick. But there are some coasters that I'm about to ride this next month that I think think could potentially potentially surpass maverick for me yeah for me the first coaster i considered my number one was cheetah hunt in rush gardens tampa that was when i just became an enthusiast that then it was intimidator at carowinds for a while as embarrassing as it is to admit that um all right it's, it's bnm hyper it's not like you're saying a kitty coaster yeah then it was uh voyage at holiday world then lightning rod at dollywood and then it went to steel vengeance for a while and now it's back to lightning rod and it's always been lightning rod since then <laughs> yeah are you a little biased though because it's at your home park or are yeah, you really just i'm very park? much biased <laughs> okay so say lightning rod was at great adventure would it still, still be your number one no i thought so <laughs> i thought so <laughs> iron, iron guazi would be my number one if that was the case okay yeah you prefer iron guazi to steel vengeance really barely by one spot okay iron guazi iron guazi has grown on me when i first opened i thought it was a little overrated but it really as time's gone on and i've heard more people talk about it and seen more videos and povs yeah i want to ride it i just want to see how great it is now my gosh this episode is so long it's all right number one for me or did you do your number one no i haven't done my number one yet but our honorable mentions, both of us were Fahrenheit. Um, Do your number one. Yeah, I think everyone kind of knows what it is at this point. But Yeah, I've ridden it and you haven't yet. But my number one is Phantom's Revenge at Kennywood. This, in my opinion, the reason why it takes the cake over Skyrush, the restraints. Skyrush has very bad restraints, while Phantom's Revenge has very good restraints. They don't even touch you. No, they just like come down from the side, kind of like gravity group lap bars do, but they don't even touch you. How would you describe it? Like a pool noodle across your body? I know people have said that in the past. It's a little thicker than that, but yeah. That is pretty crazy. And no seatbelt, right? Uh, Can't remember if I had a seatbelt or not. But um, I, know, I know it doesn't have any gates. You can like, you can right, literally... right. It has no air gates. Same, same thing with Twister at Knobles. That doesn't have air gates either, which is pretty crazy because there are idiots out there that will try to jump across the track. <laughs> which, um, yeah, the airtime on Phantom's Revenge is just as good as the airtime on Skyrush. Like, holy crap, dude. You, like, get flung up out of your seat a lot. And also... You do miss the green color scheme or you like the purple? I do miss the green paint scheme, and I wish I could have ridden it when it was green. 
But the purple paint scheme looks cool. Mm. Um, another difference between uh, Phantom's Revenge and Skyrush, the smoothness. Skyrush is a little ratly. Phantom's Revenge, glass smooth. It feels like you're flying. His glass smooth. Yeah, I've heard nothing but positive things about Phantom's Revenge. And I think once I do get to Kennywood, it could be my favorite coaster in Pennsylvania. Another one that I want to mention, which neither of us have been on. I know what you're going to say. Ravine Flyer 2. I think Ravine Flyer 2 looks awesome. I want that coaster so bad. That was the one coaster in Pennsylvania. Well, other than Leap the Dips. That was the one coaster in Pennsylvania that I wanted that I didn't get. Leap the dips. I still feel bad for you about that. That was a rather unfortunate situation. You didn't even post that vlog, did you? No, because I was mad. I was frustrated. <laughs> yeah. Now, in the video, I was mad. I was frustrated. I was saying nothing good. Yeah, I understand. Um, but I think Ravine Flyer 2 is uh, one that I... Would really like, um, but not my. But my number one is Skyrush at Hershey, and like I said, Skyrush and Candymonium are interchangeable. But that front row ride I had this past summer really reminded me just how great Skyrush is, and it's a notch above Candymonium, despite the crappy restraints. Are they tolerable? No, honestly, you just have to know how to ride it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not even gonna say they are tolerable. Yeah, and here's the difference. I operated both Skyrush and Candymonium. Candymonium was very easy to operate. Skyrush was very hard to operate. Skyrush was a challenge to operate. Yeah, the operations aren't great. Operations at Hershey Park aren't great in general. I agree. I agree. (laughs) I'm sure you tried your best, but as an enthusiast, it probably frustrated you as well. Yeah, it did. Mm -hmm. All right, so one more time, we'll go over our list, and then we'll wrap up. Yeah, our honorable mentions were both Fahrenheit. For me, my list from five to one was Steel Curtain, Phoenix, Candymonium, Sky Rush, Phantom's Revenge. Right. And then for me, it was Steel Force, Talon, Phoenix, Candymonium, and Sky Rush. But tomorrow I might wake up and say, man, I wish I had Candymonium at number one. Because I really can't make up my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're rather interchangeable. They really are. So that's basically all we have for this episode. Yeah, thank you all so much for watching. Please like, comment, and subscribe. And this is Coasters and Things. Oh, and Beyond the Thrills. (laughs) I almost forgot that as well. Signing out. See you guys.